Hello and welcome to The Narrow Gate. This is Orla, your host again. This is episode 16. I'm happy to be with you as always. Um, this episode, I'm going to continue what we were talking about, which was uh, healing. I said that we were going to focus on healing for 2023 and see where God leads me after that. Okay. Uh, this episode, I'm going to try to break down what it means healing uh, for the Christian and using terms that you might hear in the secular field or in any healing, spiritual kind of um, circles, you're going to hear the word, the inner child. So I just want to explain what that means. And does that um, mean that Christians can't use that term? Or what does that mean for Christians on the healing journey? Okay, so that's what I'm going to look at today. And then how we can go about healing um, from childhood wounds. Okay, um, first of all, uh, keep in mind that the Bible tells us that Jesus wants to heal you and that God is a healer, okay? Now, there are scriptures on that. I will mention some today, but I will keep showing scriptures a week, every week so that you will start to see that the gospel is about healing and sanctification. But sanctification and healing are pretty much the same thing. It's just different language. So, um, please try not to get bogged down with language that is blocking you from healing um, and going forward in your calling with Christ, okay? Okay, so that's generally what we're going to talk about in this episode. But before we go, I just want to reintroduce myself because there are some new listeners. Um, I just want to give a brief introduction to who I am, okay? So, you know, my name is Orla. I'm from Ireland. I'm currently living in Portugal. I am a Christian writer and life coach, and I was a registered general nurse for over 20 years. I worked mainly in London, UK, and Ireland. Um, the areas I worked in, for anyone interested, was the acute medical field. That was my main area, and I really, really enjoyed that area, although I did work in every area of nursing over throughout my career. Um, and then when I started to seek change in my life, um, in my late 20s, I did a diploma in theology with the Jesuits in Dublin. Um, at that point, I was still in the Catholic Church, but I was coming back to God after my own um, feeling of feelings of depression and, well, could say despair. Well, we will say that I, I um, had questions at that point. I wasn't satisfied with life. And uh, at that point, then, um, I started to study theology, and that really, really helped me. I must say, I'm very grateful to them at the Milltown Institute for starting me off on that journey. And then from there, I still wanted to study more, and I went and I did a degree in anthropology and sociology. Um, and I still worked as a nurse for many years, and then I changed career and I became a life coach and I also became an ESL teacher and uh, so um, this is where I am today but my own healing journey was uh, a long journey I started as I said in my 20s and I stayed on that journey because I think God really led me to some great people and studies and 
I saw great results in my own life and I just kept going to read till eventually I realized that I was called to help others because I remember saying to my friend, why do I have to go through so much healing and so much study um, until finally it dawned on me that I was being healed to help others. Okay, so let's uh, move into the podcast now and to... Um, Let's talk about what does the Bible say about healing? Well, it actually says a lot, as I said in the introduction. Um, but I'm just going to look at some scriptures. We can, we can be confident that God heals as Christians. You can be confident about that if you read your Bible. In Exodus 15, 26, I've added it below to the newsletter. The Lord said, if you listen carefully to the Lord, your God and do what is right in his eyes if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians for I am the Lord who heals you okay so the last line there says I am the Lord who heals you okay so God wants to heal you um the second um, scripture I want to point to is Psalm 91. It's a famous one or popular one. Most people who are Christians um, would know Psalm 91. It's often mentioned for protection, but sometimes people just talk about it. If they're going on a road trip or an airplane trip and they say, oh, Psalm 91 for protection, I mean, it's sweet and cute and everything, but it's it means far more than that. Um, God wants to protect us from diseases, from everything, from harm, from destruction, protect you from making bad decisions, protect you from bad relationships, protect you from, um, yeah, diseases. So I've just um, have verse nine here, but uh, you can read the scripture below this psalm. Um, so if you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. And you can read on yourself. Okay, but basically God is saying, if you dwell in the most high, if you abide in me, if you turn to me, I am the Most High. If you come to me, I will protect you and no harm will overtake you and no disaster will come near your tent. What's your tent? Your home. Your home, your territory, where you work, wherever you spend most of your time. So, but God does say you have to be with him. I mean, he does look after everybody and he does watch over the unrighteous as well. And he does bless the unrighteous as well. But sometimes you, without God's protection, you could have more, more, more trouble than you want. Let's put it that way. Um, personally, I have been very grateful that I have been healthy to this point in my life. Um, I'm very grateful that I have God's protection in my life. So there is no, you know, health, you know, I, I've had issues with health, but not um, anything major. But that doesn't mean that if you did have a major thing, that that means you're unrighteous or anything. I don't mean that at all. And um, 
we all have our journey to go on and we all know the story of Job and Job being a righteous man. But overall, God protects us and he did protect Job if you read the book of Job. Um, but Job just had to go through, through a kind of a more purification, you could say. And so he suffered a lot in that, in his life. Okay, so let's go to the next point. How does healing happen? Well, it happens by faith. We know this because Jesus said it in the Bible. If we look at Matthew verse um, chapter 15, verse 28, Jesus healed a Canaanite woman's daughter because of her faith. The daughter was demon-possessed. And so this woman saw Jesus on the road. Jesus was going, as we know, walking around and um, healing people and preaching in the temples and, and wherever. And she saw Jesus um, and she cried out to him. And then in the end, uh, Jesus, you can read it yourself. Jesus said, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted and her daughter was healed at that moment. And so the daughter was free. Okay, so there, there's a whole dialogue there between Jesus and the Canaanite woman, which is very interesting to read also. But I want to keep moving on, but you can read it below. Another example is in Luke 18, verses 35 to 43. A blind beggar receives his, his sight by faith. So the beggar cried out to Jesus as he was passing and said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. And he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. So instantly he was instant, he had an instant healing. So there is instant healing, okay? He was blind, imagine he had an instant healing. Okay, so we can have an instant healing and there's two reasons. One is if you have wonderful faith, but the second is God is sovereign. So God is the one who decides when and when we get our healing and um, mostly the more you're with God and the more you're seeking healing the more whole you're going to be of course we're ne maybe never reach total perfection here or, uh, or wholeness complete wholeness but we can get very very close to living that strong life or we're not being having all these setbacks because of our wounded child within, which is what we're going to talk about in this episode. Also in the Old Testament, another scripture, the prophet Isaiah said, and by his stripes I am healed. In verse, um, chapter 53, verse 5, you can read it below. By his striped, uh, stripes I am healed. I just say this for any listeners who don't fully know the Bible, although I do this is mainly for Christians. But by his stripes means his blood. By his blood we are healed. We are healed by the blood of Jesus and the blood being the cross. That he died on the cross and shed his blood. And when Jesus shed his blood, he set us free. And um, 
by his stripes, he was always also flogged and he had blood kind of coming from his whole body. And he was nailed, his hands had blood. So all that blood is pure blood for our sin. So when we give our lives to Christ, he takes our sin away, okay? But um, there is a journey to take after. But initially, when you are saved, your sin has been washed by the blood of Jesus. And that is our faith. So there, you will hear songs about the power of the blood. There's power in the blood of Jesus. Okay? And then, what else heals? Well, love. Because of his love for us, God's love for us, that he sent his only son to die on a cross for you and me to set us free. You've got to get in. You've got to get an eternal picture of this, that we are not of the world. God's in a different dimension. God's in heaven. We are on earth. It's different. Have, when you get that perspective, then you realize that it's uh, miraculous. Healing is miraculous. Love heals. In Mark 12, verses 30 to 31, Jesus says um, that we must love our neighbor as ourselves. Okay? So there's the whole verses, uh, you know, that we're to love God, but we're also to love our... Um, the greatest commandment is love, okay? In the new covenant... That we so the second part of that uh, first love God, but the second one is to love our neighbor as ourselves. But in this episode, I'm looking at the part of love ourselves. So we are supposed to love ourselves. So we, in order to love ourselves, we needed we need to be connected to the source. They talk about this in non-Christian circles, but our source is Jesus. He is our source, the higher power of Jesus. And that all love, which is God, and we receive this love and we love ourselves. So we have a role to play. God loves us, but we have to receive it. So there is a part in receiving it and opening our heart to it and then loving ourselves, which means taking loving action every day of your life every day of your life to love god praise god give thanks to god worship god but every day love yourself not worship yourself love yourself care for yourself and when you are filled up in love then you pour that out onto others and that's the healthy christian life that's why god wants you to be healed because then you are useful in the kingdom of god Number six, uh, I just have notes here for myself, okay? Um, let's talk about the inner child now in a little bit more detail. I know out there in Christian circles, people are nervous about healing, especially if it goes beyond pray to Jesus, ask for healing, go to the doctor, you know, pray the scriptures, hope you get better, you know. And they don't want to talk about things like inner child, okay? But I think um, we can use the term, and it's not just me. I've been researching it. And I, as I said, I've heard about this term for years myself, and I've come to understand it better. But since I started to turn my work over to Christians only, 
I've had to study further is what are Christians doing about this term inner inner child? And it seems that a lot of uh, counselors and uh, psychotherapists and life coaches like myself, Christian, are keeping the term. Okay, but we have to keep it and use it in the right way. So this is my understanding of it. And you can um, ask questions in the comments below. Okay, so what is the inner child? Okay. Um, so the background to the inner child. Okay, this will. Uh, it, it's also called wounded inner child, and I've noticed that there is a little bit of confusion, which caused me confusion as well. And I do like things to be explained properly, because it really helped me to understand. Uh, it's really quite annoying if there's a term that doesn't make sense. Because it can actually cause more confusion. So if you don't like the term, throw it out at the end. But see, can you find your own wording for it? Then please share it with me. And this happened with the term codependency. I felt that didn't really sit well with me. What is codependency? I don't really know. And then I studied it a bit. And I heard um, a psychologist called Ross Rosenberg. Uh, change. He, he's kind of like also... That's a strange term. And he sort of changed the term. Um, and he kind of calls it a love deficit disorder. So it fits better with people who are not sort of in a relationship. And like codependency sounds like two people. But codependency is just one person being addicted to other, other people's validation and stuff. So there's a lot around codependency, which I will also talk about in more detail. So where did this originate from, this term, the inner child? Well, all this language came originally from popular psychology and analytical psychology. And so they say that the inner child is an individual's childlike aspect. Some of the leaders in the teaching from the beginning uh, were Carl Jung. Um, and he was, uh, that was way back in the 60s, you know, like uh, way back uh, he was, yeah, like 50s, late 50s and 60s, he was writing about this stuff. And he, he referred to the divine child. And then someone uh, after him came along, Emmett Fox, and sort of expanded more and uh, used the term wonder child. And then you have um, a married couple called Vivian and Arthur Janov, and they developed it further and came up with a term called the feeling child. Okay, I like personally the feeling child one that seems to work well with me so whatever you think yourself but I'm going to keep going on so they mentioned these terms so um, but they all generally have the same outcome on how to heal the person so one thing I want to just um, clarify here because I don't think people clarify it very well when they're teaching so it is an inner child, which is you, the young you, okay? So the young you, which the healthy one, is, which the Bible refers to, is the joyful one, the creative one. And Jesus says everybody must be like a child to come into the kingdom of God. They delight, all wonder. They don't hate anyone. They love any, everyone. They trust everyone. Everything is like just, you know, the child. You know, I know they have sin, but they're not aware of their sin and they're not really 
you know, there's that kind of side. And then you have life and the child and the wounded child. And so especially if the child grew up in a dysfunctional family or caregivers, that child has been wounded. And so they are less free, less joyful, less trusting. Okay, so keeping in mind is the wounded inner child. Okay, so most of these say in the healing work is to reparent the child who was wounded. So the wonder child, you know, is wonderful and we want to reconnect, but with the wounds, there's pain. Now, another term, this ACOA is adult children of alcoholics or adult children of dysfunctional families, 12-step groups. They also use the term inner child uh, sometimes. Um, but they would have called it an adult child. So before it became inner child in those circles, they used to call this um, person who was unhealed, broken, addicted, well, addicted because of the 12 steps, but addiction is a sign of brokenness. Um, so they would have used to call them the adult child. And that's another term that I actually think is better also because some people, are, well, for some people, they resonate with the inner child, but adult child means, so say take an alcoholic or somebody who's gambling or someone who's addicted to pornography or something. So they grew up when they were children, they were fine, you know, and they were happy. And, and then the wound started um, and they were traumatized. And because of their trauma, and they suffered a lot of pain, emotional pain. And that emotional pain was too much for the child. So the child kind of shuts down a little bit and starts becoming obedient to the caregivers in a way that's not natural or normal. It's not honoring in a loving way, just being good so that they don't get into trouble, being good so that they don't uh, get um, beaten, abused, whatever, ostracized attacked, criticized. So the child has to compensate. And when the child is compensating for the pain, they don't know what they're doing. They're just, they don't even know they're in a dysfunctional family. They're just managing to survive because that's the God created that we have a defense. So they have to do something. The child has to do something. So what happens is they grow up into an adult, but inside you have this little child that is wounded in pain, doesn't trust people, is afraid. And every time they get triggered by this pain, how does they get triggered usually in a loving relationship or in any relationship? So they're very sent they might be they might be very sensitive to criticism because of their past. They might be very sensitive to touch if they were sexually abused. They might be very sensitive to um uh, you know, big groups of people, social anxiety or something because of not feeling a good sense of self. They've lost their sense of self because they've been bullied in their childhood. Okay, so that's uh, that area. And then it moves into the um, the further developments of this inner child work. Uh, you might have heard of inner family systems therapy, IFS, or parts work. IFS say we have different parts in us. That's their, that's their theory. And they say that we split off in the um, 
if you were in a traumatized situation as a child, usually under seven years, in the formative years, this is when the real damage gets done. And what happens to the child? Uh, it splits off into sub-personalities as a survival um, defense or mechanism. And so in the parts work or the family systems work, the goal is integration of the parts. So it's quite effective. It's quite good. And all this must be done through love. Love heals. Um, in a secular circle, you do have very, very compassionate, kind um, uh, caregiver, counsellors, psychotherapists and, and helpers as well. So now I'm just looking at Christianity and the inner child and the biblical concept. And just to put your mind at rest, if you have a problem with maybe using this term in your healing journey. Excuse me. Uh, Christianity, uh, so is the inner child a biblical concept? Well, I said earlier that's not directly used, but some aspects are supported by the Bible, but not the psychology behind it that they talk about. So in secular psychology, they talk about a real you hidden beneath all the pain. You know, like you're uncovering, 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 and then there's the golden inner child, the golden, you know, wonder child. Okay? And it is a good concept, and I do like it, you know. And we can sort of align that with the, the new creation. But let's, I'm doing this for people who really are nervous of any sort of mixing yeah, of, you just want the Christian aspect only. But I would say to you, I don't know where you're on the journey, but, you know, if you're mature, you will have a discernment of your spirit that will say to you, I really want to heal these blocked areas in my life. I know I have a problem in this area. It shows up in my marriage or it shows up at work. It shows up when someone criticizes me. I don't know how to unblock it. I don't want to do that inner child work. Hold on a minute. The inner child work could work for you. It could work for you. So, but just use discernment. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you and God will guide you how you can use it. Because you don't even have to go to a counselor if you are a fairly stable person who knows how to, you know, how to work at these things by yourself. And you can do your own inner child work and you can just follow workbooks and things. So, um, and, and ask the Holy Spirit to give you a term that you're comfortable with. And then you'll be able to unblock the the, the pain. Yeah. Um, so they talk about that. But the Bible is different. So the Bible says we have a sin nature. We all know that. A sin nature and we need a savior. Jesus is our savior. And when we receive Jesus, we're born again and we have a new self. So there's the new self, right? So this is the new self that we Christians are working on. We want that new creation. We have it in the spirit, but we have to work it out through fear and trembling, which means healing, which means sanctification, purification, purification, sanctification. All these other things are sin. Yeah, we are being compassionate, uh, you know, psychologists and um there's compassion for a person who goes and turns to alcohol, pornography, drugs, gambling, whatever you turn to, or even codependency, all those things. But they are sin. 
Yeah, they are sin, but you know, we can't use those terms in the secular world. So but the bottom line is we're not condemning anybody, but do you want to live in sin? So if we have pain, why do people drink or take drugs, for example? Because there's an emotional pain from your childhood that you don't know anything about, but you just feel that pain. It's as real as if someone cut you with a knife. Emotional pain is as painful as physical pain, and it can even be worse. And a lot of people have said, and research has proven, that emotional pain can be worse than physical abuse. Emotional abuse can be worse than physical abuse. I know it doesn't sound strange, but it's so deep, wounds you at a deep level. So it's if you're an adult and you're suffering with this, I would suggest you really try to get free of this. So anyone who doesn't know the scripture for being born again is 2 Corinthians 5.17. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. And, and the old is gone, the new is here. And then the Apostle Paul in that scripture calls this new creation and says it is a ministry of reconciliation. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, I saw I saw that a hundred times, but I saw that a few days ago. I said, ministry of reconciliation, new creation, being born again. What does that mean? Ministry of reconciliation. Wow, I'm going back to God. I've been out on my own for so long, wandering around with no love. <laughs> That's what it's like. It's like a kind of, a, as I heard a Christian counselor say, I was researching during the week. He says, before we have this healing and sanctification and God in our life, we were like malnourished children. We're malnourished in our mind, in our body, our soul, and our spirit. We're just starving for love. So this is why we need healing. Okay, so when we are born again, we are reconciled to God, and it's a homecoming. We are back in right standing with the Father through Jesus Christ, and we have been given the Holy Spirit to live in us, so we are new creations. But, I put it here, but this is where the healing begins. But there can be some work to do on the healing from our past childhood memories, okay? I know people love to say, well, I'm born again and everything disappeared. It does for some, but very few. Mostly the child you have to work through if you had childhood wounds. Some people are very few and they're blessed. But others... If the wounds are very difficult and you found yourself in addiction or bad marriages and had to get divorced and, you know, go through a divorce because of painful marriages and relationships and all sorts of things happened, um, it is good to remember it's happening from the child, you know, childhood. Um, if, it, if, if the child does not receive love from the caregiver, the mother and the father, should be both really, and the child uh, in those formative years, you say one to five, but one to seven, really. Um, if that child doesn't see the face of the mother smiling, reassuring, reaffirming, loving, spending time, feeding them when they're hungry, meeting their needs, treating them to nice things, being kind to them, sleeping, 
you know, giving them ad- adequate sleep, uh, reading stories to them. I mean, all that is good parenting. Most people didn't get that at all. I mean, my parents never read a story to me when I was a child. And I hear people saying, my mother read me a story every night. I said, oh, dear, that would have been nice. So that's not a blaming thing. That's uh, my parents, nobody read them a story. They didn't even know it. They didn't even know that that would help the child. You know, you're sitting beside the child. You're bonding with the child. You're educating the child. You're showing love to the child. So if you didn't have those needs met, you have a big hole inside avoid emptiness depending on the neglect or the abuse but that has scarred you and it doesn't matter if you're born again Christian you go to church every Sunday and you read the Bible and you praise God if you don't turn to God and say hey I'm having problems I feel empty my marriage is a disaster or I can't have any relationship I you know what about everything if it's not working you go to church ask God for healing so we are well, we are to mature as believers and we are to be accountable to God for our behavior and if we are immature in our thinking and our emotions then we need to allow God to heal that wounded part of us so we can be truly transformed into his image and likeness so uh, it's painful yes acknowledge that it is painful. And you carry that inside of you. And I did too. I carried it inside of me. Silent. Silent pain. And we can't live with that any longer. And anyway, in society, it's causing problems in society. We have. This is why we have terrible leadership. We have crime on the streets. We have violence. That is the inner child. They say that's the wounded inner child in a big body, acting out. The child is acting out inside because they're angry. You see, they're angry. What happened? Like, say you were a child and you you did something wrong and your parents just shouted at you and told you shut up and you just stand there and freeze and you say nothing. That made you angry. That anger had to go somewhere. The anger goes in, into the child. So then, as they grow into an adult, they have rage issues. So you have to understand what's really going on. It's very deep. It's very, very deep. And we do need to. We need to go there if we want to live healthy lives. I will go through this in more detail as we go on. I mean, it's a long journey, and I told people that that it is a long journey, and that's why I'm doing the podcast, because uh, my fingers would get tired with the amount of typing I'd have to do to go down this road. Um, So I'd like to do a little bit of research and then, uh, you know, each episode and then talk about what I know, because it's easier for me to talk about it than write really long articles. But uh, what I really want you to understand in this episode is that it is okay to use the term inner child sometimes as Christians, but we use it with a different foundation, okay? Our foundation is, um, yes, I'm born again, I'm saved, I'm a new creation, I'm being sanctified, but God is healing me. 
Jesus and his Holy Spirit. Jesus, pray to the Father, Jesus and the Holy Spirit to help me to heal that broken part of me in my mind, my heart, my spirit and help me to grow up into the mature adult that you want me to be so that I can serve you and love others. So that's the goal. It's not as scary as people think. Okay, and um, another thing about the accountability. Uh, yes, we, as I say, we have to be compassionate, but we cannot, also cannot live as victims. Poor me. There's no room for poor me. And I'm not going to condemn anyone because I, took, in my past, in my 20s, I suffered with depression. But as I started to heal and become more aware, I could see that depression was self-absorption. My own self-absorption. I mean, I couldn't get out of it quickly. It was hard. I didn't know I was being self-absorbed. But I was looking in. And so it needs healing and compassion. That's definitely it. But also we need to um, grow up emotionally and spiritually. Why? Well, we owe it to the people around us. If you're a parent, you owe it to your children and your spouse, your partner, your spouse. Well, as Christians, you're married, I take it. And we owe it to our elderly parents. I'm glad I did this work. So when my parents got older, I had love, compassion, I was able to care for them because they were very, they needed this love as well. I had to give it to them. But I, I was in a space that I was able to give it to them. So I had healed, not fully, but I had healed enough to be able to love them. Because when people are old, they are all this comes up again for them. They need they need the love too, and society needs it. Okay, so Saint Paul says to the Corinthian church in one Corinthians thirteen eleven, he said, "When I was a child, I talked like a child." I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. So basically, he took responsibility for his childish ways. And he said that the church were immature. And that's why he was writing to them. And they were quite bad in Corinth. They went wild. He had to address them in many of his letters. The Corinthians were still immature, acting like children. So Paul had to teach them to grow up. That meant to mature mentally and emotionally so they could move on to deeper spiritual truths. And that's common in the world today as well, in the church today. He said that they were like babies. They were still on the milk. You can see it in 1 Corinthians 3, 2. It's down below. And uh, he said, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you were still not ready. You were st they're still not ready to get the deeper message of the Bible, the deeper message of God, the deeper truth, spirit. And that's how people are in the churches today. I go around the churches and they're just... Oh, my. They're just... I don't know what they're doing. They're just stuck. They're just stuck there and silly, you know, baby stuff that, you know, you learn in the first one or two years of salvation. When you're born again, you learn these things and it's great, but you're supposed to move on. And sometimes the leaders are not even moving on. And so they can't lead anybody. They just keep going over the same message over and over. Um, so uh, 
I did I write down I had a scripture oh yeah um there's a writer on new creation publication that I'm running um medium his name is Ed Jarrett he's been writing a lot great stuff you know great teaching um and he said he wrote an article as I've been preparing this that said um the title was getting beyond the fundamentals and he used the scripture Hebrews 6 1 to 2 I didn't write it down here but or did I yeah so he's basically saying that you know it's time to move on from the basics we know that we know that Jesus died on the cross that is salvation and we love it and we are so grateful and we never forget that and um, different parts of the fundamentals of the faith but he says but you've got to grow up there's more there's so much more we have to talk about the glory of God God wants to move us into that into the glory of God and where we're going and it's much more exciting so we can't go further without healing so the goal is um, to heal okay um, uh, there's other um, scriptures as well that Jesus says unless you become like children you cannot enter the kingdom of God and so but I'm going to leave it at that now tonight because I don't want it to go on too long this is much longer than what I will normally do normally I would do 20 minutes to half an hour on each session but this one I just want to just clear the path on <laughs> where we're going with healing and where are you at in your healing journey it can be a long process depending on where you are and um, how much damage was done in your past or it can be very quick and you could have a miraculous breakthrough in a few months so this is what I'm saying. You could be sort of uh, feeling a little bit limited in your life because of something that's blocked and you don't even know how to unblock it. So uh, if you just follow along in the next few episodes, I will start breaking down ways of unblocking it. If you're really interested and you have a question, I would um, love if you put it in the comments below because um, if there's a comment with a question, that's powerful for me because I can then direct what and what's needed next but don't worry i have the holy spirit to guide me so um either way i will um follow god or um follow along with the questions that have um this has brought up for people so anyway thank you for listening um i know there's a lot in that i don't know where you are on your journey and um, i'll never know unless you tell me um if you really have a question and you don't want to put it public, uh, please use my email, newcreationokay at gmail.com. I'm open to people sending emails privately so that I can maybe just give you some advice or answer your questions or just if you just want to hear to share something that you find difficult to share um, and maybe I could pray that and pray for you to find direction. Okay, so as I say, thank you everyone for listening. I really enjoyed, um, you know, preparing this episode and um, looking forward to the weeks ahead. Thank you.